Hello and welcome to the other side of Arizona with your host ASOS. Last week we were in Arizona and this week we're going to the hottest burning state in the United States that is Waterburger and 100 degree weather just like Texas. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about who, what um, Arizona is all about and then we're going to talk about its supernatural history. Also this is the same time I recorded it because my dogs are barking and if they're barking just you know try to cover your ears because they're very loud. I love them both. I have a Pomeranian. I have a Shih Tzu. The Pomeranian's actually pretty calm. The Shih is a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But anyways, let's talk about Arizona. So Arizona was admitted to the Union in, on February 14th, 1912, as the 48th state, with its population growing from the gold rush and promises of 60 acres of land to married couples. Now, Arizona does have an indigenous um, tribes with 22 federally recognized um, it, they've existed in the area for over two, for over 12,000 years ago. Uh, they're hunter-gatherers for the most part. They're the Navajo, the Hopi, the Tono, the Tonto Apache, and the Pueblo Z. Um, so now that we know about Arizona and about its tribes, let's talk about its history and its ghosts. We like ghosts. We like the ghosts. We love ghosts. Um... We're going to go to Douglas, Tucson, and we're going to work our way up. You're going to literally see on the map that we're going to start right where the border is. And then we're just going to go wee all the way up. It's not going to be like uh, New Mexico. We're just like, we're just going to go up. So the Gadsden Hotel in Douglas opened in 1907. 20 years later, in 1929, it was destroyed by fire and rebuilt in the same location. The hotel is located on the National Registry of Historical Places. I think it's funny whenever they... Um, rebuild buildings over somewhere that's tragic and it just carries that burden and that heaviness of the place before it. Um, I can name several places where they've done that and it's just creepy knowing that they just rebuilt on top of that land. Um, many famous people have visited the Getson Hotel such as Eleanor Roosevelt, Charlie Sheen, and Pancho Villa. There are stories of Pancho Villa doing business within the saloon there. So he, this is one of the places that he did frequent, which makes sense. It's right on the border if you look at a map. Um, the record of supernatural experiences of ghosts are, of guests on ghosts are kept in binders behind the front desk. Room 33 is the most haunted, and it's probably the only one where you can really get most ghost stories from. Um, accounts have TVs turning on and off and disembodied knocks on the walls. Guests have also reported keys turning into the lock with two ghostly figures walking into the room and then vanishing into thin air. There are skeptics, though, that claim that the only activity in the hotel came from a toilet running at all nights. Which, okay, if you're a skeptic, be a little bit more respectful because I get that in your head it's like, these people are loony. I don't believe that, but you also have to respect other people who are experiencing things and who, you know, may be a skeptic too like you, but then they saw something and then now they're not skeptics because most of those who believe in ghosts have actually seen things and felt things and that's why we believe in it. So if you're a skeptic, just try to be a little more respectful to the ghosts and to people. At the saloon, patrons claim that they will strike a conversation with the person next to them only for them to vanish, which I also have stories about that. Maybe if I do an El Paso one, I'll tell you stories about saloons having ghosts. At the coffee shop, guests will hear spoons clinking against mugs and chatter from empty tables, which to them makes them happy, thinking that in the afterlife you can still have a cup of coffee. Um, during stormy night, one night, the power went off in the hotel, and the manager at the time named Robin went down into the basement looking for candles. A skeptic herself of the supernatural 
Within the light of her flashlight, she saw a man in a cowboy hat and a goat. Coat, not a goat. Coat. I don't know why I said goat. That's my speech epitome coming out. Now we're going to move up to Bitsby. Bitsby is a little bit of a tragic beginning because, you know, I very much think that Native Americans and Indigenous people should have their stories be told in a proper light and also be told about how military cavalries would go hunt for them and actually try to destroy their villages and their lands and that, you know, their way of counterattacking that to you may have been a savage move but in their eyes it was to save their culture their people and their history um because otherwise they would just be destroyed and nobody would ever tell their story so i'm here to also speak about them so before i talk about bidsby do keep in mind about what the intentions of these men were so the queen mine emerged in 1877, when an army scout, Jan Dune, led a cavalryman to Mule, Mule Mountain, Arizona, looking for Apaches, but found copper disputes in the walls of the canyon near the campsite. At its peak of producing copper, gold, silver, lead, zinc, turquoise, and azurite, the mine was 2,500 miles of tunnels, popularly soared with the town having 47 wounds, and despite the mines closing in 1975, the town continued to prosper in other ways, um, such as tours of the mine. Copper Queen Hotel opened in 1902, and it's the longest continuously operating hotel in Arizona. It's been featured on several ghost um, shows, such as Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. Um, the, they have three rooms that they like to highlight with um, ghostly encounters such as room 401 and it has an aroma of cigar smoke where you can also see the older gentleman um, in a black coat and a top hat, and that is the Theodore Roosevelt room. In room 412 you have Billy's room who is a small boy who drowned in the San Pedro River. He resides in the room as a mischievous spirit who will run through walls and turn doorknobs so he's very mischievous. Room 315 is Julia Lowe's room and, and has appeared on numerous ghost shows. Julia was a beautiful Cortense who hung herself after an unrequited love affair with one of the regulars who refused to leave his wife after she proposed her feelings for him. Now we're going to go up to Phoenix, Arizona. So the Oprium Theater was built in 19... 19- 29 as the nationwide Ophrim circuit with ventil acts, burlesque, comedy, dancing. The Voom, the Ophrim Thin Theater had air conditioning and was the only one at the time that did making it high class venue. Which again, keep in mind, Arizona is like 116 degrees at some times. I mean, it was hot and dry. Some people will argue more hot and dry than El Paso, but I like to think it's the same amount. Trust me. Um, sometimes they get drier heat than we do, but for the most part, I feel like us in Arizona will compete till the very end about who's hotter. So the fact that this was the only place that had AC, I cannot imagine. I, I cannot even process that. This place was bougie. Bougie. Um, there was, um, they had brought in Paramount Pictures in the 40s, being renamed and changed to a movie theater in the ni- in the 70s. The Corona family purchased and presented Hispanic events and movies, but at the time the theater was falling apart. 
Into disrepair, the Corona family tried to deal with the mold and poor conditions, but the glory days were over, and developers set their eyes on the building for parking spaces. The city of Phoenix bought the theater and began a 12-year, $14 million renovation project, reopening in 1997. Which is funny, because it opened the year I was born. Oops, I revealed my age. I'm old. It is believed that four ghosts reside in the theater. But there are some who argue there could be more, which there can always be more. Um, sometimes records do hide certain deaths for various reasons. I can give you lots of places. Um, there, the most famous ghost is a girl named Maddie who hangs around the mausoleum. Now, there are some who say that she's mischievous and there's some that say she's friendly. She kind of gets kind of both ways of... Uh, a reputation because she will smack people in the back of the head for making out. She will shush guests if they get too loud. And her biggest appearance to date came during a Chinese dance show when the dancers broke formation, pointed to the balcony, and began screaming. The acrobats explained that they saw a girl walking to the edge of the balcony and appearing to jump, but instead walked off the balcony and disappeared. After she disappeared, the performers continued as if nothing happened. Imagine that. Like, you're watching a beautiful dance. You're enjoying the show. All of a sudden, everybody stops and starts screaming. And then, boom, snap. Right back to the show. I mean, I would have been terrified. I would have demanded answers if I was somebody in the audience. I don't know, what the hell was that? Personal opinion. The other ghost of Ocean Theater is kept secret and reserved for tours according to the Phoenix Ghost website. But it does reveal that the original owner, Harry Nance, is rumored to haunt the theater. There is a woman spotted to appear and believed to be so real that employees spoke to her that they went searching for answers as to who she was and found a photo of her in the theater archives. Now we're going to go to Paradise Valley, which is a city around Phoenix. It's like... Phoenix is right here, and the Old Friend Theater is right here, and then you go up, and then you're going to find the Hermosa Inn. The Hermosa Inn. I got a Mexican, I couldn't even say that. Embarrassing. It began as a studio of adobe bricks made by an artist in Cowboy Alonso, calling it Her Casa Hermosa, meaning beautiful house, and would run the place as a guest ranch in order to fund his artist, um, which is smart. I mean, come on, if you want to do art, I'm going to side business. So smart. The succeeding owners of the ranch changed the name to Hermosa Inn, adding amenities for guests such as villas, tennis courts, pools, and casitas. The inn's renovations and restorations were completed by 1994, adding a restaurant in honor of the original owner. Today, the inn has 34 modern rooms with a few original rooms. There's a belief that the original owner of the inn didn't want to leave and still resides around the property. Guests and hotel, go guests, hotel staff have reported seeing a lengthy, lanky, lengthy, lanky cowboy who flushes toilets, breaks glass bottles late at night. The death of Alonso was tragic. He ran his truck off the road and hiked a great distance to get help but didn't make it. Alonso's ghost is the only one believed to haunt the property. What do you think about it? That's kind of sad because Arizona is very much desert. Um, so him trying to get help in that big open desert is just a sad thing. Now we're going to move to Prescott. So Arizona's here and then Prescott's like up here somewhere. I'm doing a map in my head, okay? Like if you can't do a map in your head, you need to learn how to do that because maps are very important. The Palace Restaurant and Saloon opened in September 1877 in Prescott, Arizona. It had a popular water and cold. The Palace 
existed before Arizona became a state in 1912. The palace is known for its gruesome history, such as fires, gambling, and murders. The palace is known for its finest liquors from exotic locations all around the world. The palace saw mining mineral business being conducted over the bar. In 1883, a fire destroyed the saloon, and its owner, Brow, rebuilt the saloon, making it stronger and grander than before. But despite the strong brick walls and stone foundation, the saloon was burned down by a fire in 1900. And reports claim the saloon patrons grabbed liquor, taking it to the courthouse, drank to celebrate saving the inventory, but the building still burned down. Which I think is ridiculous. Like, you're saving the liquor, but you're not saving the building? Priorities. They're a little whack, but priorities. Janie Clark is one of the saloon's most frequent ghosts, a prostitute who kicked to death her drunk boyfriend in the saloon, and she's been photographed seen in the restaurant. All I gotta say is you go, girl. Power, respect, I ain't mad about that. That's all I gotta say. And if you don't get it, I'll see you. There's a story that a man named Neds, who lost his funeral parlor in a game of poker, so when guests begin playing games, he likes to join in to try to reclaim what he lost. One of the palace owners, Dave Mitchison, shares a photo of the bar back in 1890 with a ghostly figure in the background. Dave expresses that the glasses fall off the racks for no reason and even plats fall victim to the poltergeist activity. Now from there, we're going to go up to the Hasiyampa Inn. I hope I'm saying that right because it's like Hasiyampa Inn. It was built by wealthy travelers in 1927. It became the cornerstone of downtown Prescott, bringing the community together. In 1925, the residents of Prescott, Arizona, challenged an El Paso architect, Henry, to build a beautiful hotel. While construction was underway, residents bought shares for a dollar that helped fund the construction. The word Hasayamapa is Apache for the river that loses itself, and it was fitting because the purpose of the hotel was for guests to lose themselves within the hotel. Which, I love that story because it brings the community together, it honors indigenous people, and it brings in El Paso. Literally three things I'm all about, because I'm from El Paso. Famous ghost named Faith who checked in with her older husband in 1927 on their wedding night, which her husband went out for cigarettes, never returned. Faith wandered the lobby for three days before returning to her room to hang herself. Room 426 is reported being emotionally charged and angry, with one couple being rudely awakened with the TV and radio at full blast. Lights turn on and off with the bathroom faucets running, which that is just sad. Absolutely tragic. And I hope she gets hers one day. Like, poor lady. The other ghost is two young Asian boys, about 60 years old, who haunt the laundry room and will tug at women's shirts looking for their mom. The night watchman has seen a Chinese boy wander the lobby. So, that is just sad. Nobody really knows how they died, but they did lose their mom. And unfortunately, tragically died. So, now we're going to move to Jerome. Jerome Grand Hotel originally opened in the United Verde Hotel in 1926 and closed in 1950 with over 9,000 deaths, which I don't understand why they do this. Like, I, I don't get how they turn a hospital into a hotel or into anything else because hospitals have a lot of death they have a lot of tragedy they have a lot that goes on there and then all of a sudden you're opening it for pleasure for other people it just does not go hand in hand at all 
But anyways, the general manager, Chris, expressed to news outlets such as Arizona Central that he was a skeptic in the beginning of 1994 when buying the building from the Phillips Dodge Corporation. Chris reported that they opened with six rooms and guests were allegedly reporting hearing voices and hospital gurneys in the hallway. Only to find no one. The hotel keeps a guest book for visitors to write down their experiences and Chris says the hotel fills 300 pages each year with a third floor having the most reported activity and once was the location of the operating rooms. There is also reports on the third floor of a cat being spotted. There is a story of the maintenance man who was found crushed by the elevator in the basement. Chris explains that on days working at the front desk, he receives phone calls from an unoccupied room and with a lady on the other line speaking in audible and tried to call back, but there's nothing and went to the room to find it vacant. So, makes sense. It used to be a hospital. Now we're going up to Flagstaff. The Rio Rand Mansion is two homes built in 1904. They are identical to each other by Michael and Timothy Riodrad. The two homes connected by a room, a 13,000 square feet floor space sitting atop of the Caninchula Knoll in Flagstaff. The brothers played a role in developing both Flagstaff and Northern Arizona and lumber rail yards, cattle, and banking and politics. In 1977, the brothers were told of the potential of their home becoming a state park. However, the family needed to make the decision together. By 1980, the death of Robert Chamber, who held the deed to the home, allowed the park to be acquired the whole home. It's said that Carolina and Anna Rio Rand haunt the premise. Their ghost has been seen reliving the moments that Anna died from polio with employees stating that they see Caroline caring for Anna. There are also reports of clapping hands being heard, doors opening and closing, lights flickering. I think it's kind of sad though that the brothers, you know, they actually did not want this to be a state park because they wanted it to stay in the family and yet they ultimately lost that battle because as the deeds go through the family, what you'll find is not everybody wants to keep it in the family and other people have ulterior motives and then you lose that land. And it's happened so much that it's actually kind of sad. And it makes sense why it's haunted because probably family members are upset over what has happened. So now we're going to move to Hotel Monta Vista. This just off the Route 66. So we're not going to talk about Route 66 because... I feel like with the other side, we want to make sure that we talk about things that you might not know about a state. And I feel like Route 66 is very much famous and very much um, a widely popular haunted um, highway. So uh, I'm going to skip it, but I am going to mention the centerpiece of Flagstaff and Route 66. So, it is a glimpse back into the American West. Hotel Monte Vista opened in 1927, but it originally called Community Hotel because it was the largest, the large help of the community to build, and the name stuck to Monte Vista being named the Mountain View. The hotel was sold to a private investor in the 1960s. The hotel has rumored underground tunnels built by the Chinese that go from northern Arizona University to downtown Flagstaff. The tunnels give access to buildings such as Whitaker Hotel, Bapid, Backcourt, Court Country, sorry, and the Monte Vista. The reason for the building the tunnels was because the Chinese community members were being blamed for fires and constantly being harassed. The Chinese worked 
the system of tunnels to get around and avoid the harassment within the tunnels it was found opium dens moonshines distilleries gambling and other relics hotel mounted ghosts in room 220 is what's called the meat man because the man who lived in the room was known for hanging raw meat from the chandelier when he died it took three days to discover his body it is reported that tvs will turn on and off by itself guests will feel cold hands touching them Moving into room 305 is most popular shown on paranormal shows because it's the most active room with reports of a woman being si- being seated in a rocking chair by the window. Even housekeepers report seeing the chair move by itself. It is said an old woman was there long term and would sit by the window all day looking and waiting for someone. Sad. Room 306 has a brutal murder of two prostitutes who were killed and tossed out the third floor window guests have reported being weakened and feeling like they are being watched male guests report feeling hands over their mouths and throat waking up unable to breathe which again go get it girl that's all i'm saying the phantom bellboy hotel guest is a someone who is known to be knocking on doors announcing room service but can find no one while doing some reports on the bellboy standing outside of room 210 in the basement, there are cries of infants with the reports among maintenance and laundry personnel. The cries are so real that some staff will run upstairs and no one will give reasons behind it. So that was the other side of Arizona. Um, if I missed any places, honestly, let me know because I was just trying to do places that we really wouldn't know, which most of these I actually don't really know to be known as haunted in Arizona. Um, and then let me know if you did want me to do Route 66 um, to me all know about its haunted history um next week we will be going to nevada it is every two weeks that we do this just because of scheduling and everything like that and i hope you enjoyed my name was miss um asos and i hope that y'all had a wonderful time with me.